You're listening to United, United Q Podcast. United Q. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. And Happy New Year to everyone. That's the start of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're alive. It's 2018. Yep. Slightly hungover, but still alive. Uh, First podcast I mean, I've probably of the put, year. So, I've probably put on about six stone over the uh, holiday period yeah i was quite skinny actually before this <laughs> yeah i was noticing actually i was like oh he's doing well actually all these be- beach holidays are doing good for your uh, weight control but maybe he's nah. gone downhill now <laughs> yeah yeah i wasn't that skinny either but anyway uh <laughs> yeah, just made it, maybe you look small because it's so far away <laughs> yeah i'm using like a concave lens not everyone's using fisheye lenses these days i'm not yeah. uh, <laughs> Happy New Year! How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. What have you been up to, cook-wise? Have you cooked? Uh, how did your Christmas dinner cook go? And, and yeah. how have you done anything interesting between then and New Year? I doubt it, but <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> I've had quite a chill time actually. I've, I've eaten way too much food, but yeah, the Christmas cook went perfectly. Um, same. I had the same. I'm not going to say it's an issue, but I had the same thing that happened to me last year where. The turkey was ready probably like an hour before I thought it was going to be ready, which yeah. I don't mind. Like it rests, I wrap it, rest it. For, I rested it for about an hour and a half this year. And it's the Christmas pressure. I think everyone, for some reason, like we we all cook week in week out. We all love cooking. It's what we do. It just seems to be like this just huge monumental pressure on this Christmas dinner that like no one really expects. Any time, any other time of the year, do you know what I mean? So I think probably that's that's what, what yeah. the issue is. I think it's down to, I guess, a bit down to timing pressures. Like you know, both you and I aren't great with our timings for stuff. But on Christmas Day, I always feel a little bit Speak of pressure yourself. to make sure it is ready for the time that we've said it's going to be ready. So usually that means that actually it's ready earlier than we want it. But also, I think that there's also like a lot of like uh, the turkey takes forever to cook. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, turkey does this, turkey doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, it doesn't. It's the same Just as cooks. any other <laughs> cut of meat or bird or whatever. It it makes sense. It's not like a oh, it's going to take eight hours to cook. I think that's where probably I think it's a growing up thing. Like your mum puts it in the turkey, the, the turkey puts it in the turkey. That's a bit disgusting. Puts the turkey in the oven for eight hours and then it's that's why we all hate turkey. But moving on from that, I think that's maybe like in the back of our minds still today when we're making our turkeys. We're like, oh, we better get it in there. Actually, we don't really need to. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I think that's. I think we talked about it a lot in the build-up to Christmas and 
we'll talk about it again next Christmas, I'm sure. But yeah. for now, I, mean, I, I get it. Like I with like my mum, even now with like a roast, I'm like, uh, I have. We get like a bit of beef out, and it's like a, a, I don't know, a top side joint or a silver side joint, something like that, which isn't like my go-to roast. I wouldn't really select that, but sometimes we can't always uh, afford a, a river beef every week. Do you know what I mean? So you go for whatever's, whatever's available to you, so a top side or something like that. And I'm sat there cooking Christmas dinner. Well, really, I'm sat there doing nothing. So my mum goes on, not Christmas dinner, so a Sunday roast, and she's like, well, you're not going to put the beef in. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to put the beef in. I'm not going to put the beef in. Oh, the beef needs to go in an hour later. No, the beef needs to go in. No, it doesn't. <laughs> a joint like this is lean. I mean, hot and fast. We'll do it hot and fast, and it will be beautiful. You don't really need to do it. And like, it's, it's like they've grown up in a tradition, like a... Just growing up in an era where they just put everything in the oven for eight hours and it came out dry, but but that's slowly changing. I think we're yeah. we're, we're changing. I did actually something completely unplanned. Obviously, ham isn't a really weird thing to have at Christmas. <laughs> it's in our book. We we do them a lot, but I we just decided. Actually, it's Christmas Eve. We always have it at Christmas Eve. I bought a ham, but it was quite a small one but we didn't we knew that we were gonna like over christmas gonna eat loads of food we don't need to go crazy just get a small yeah. ham so we got a small ham and it's cooking and i'm looking at it and i'm like this is like a joke it's just so small <laughs> Jazzy. and i was just really <laughs> really disappointed in it so i actually said to me i was like this, this is yeah 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 so <laughs> this ham is, there's nothing there's nothing here it's not even gonna be enough for us to eat for this one meal so she's like, well, if you're really bothered about it, go, why don't you just go and get another one? So this one was like halfway through being cooked. And I was like, okay, I'm going out to get another one. So I went out and bought like a decent-sized ham. I should have probably just okay. bought... It's one of the same should size. have just bought the same size, but I didn't. I bought a big one this time, which is what I yeah. should have bought the first time. <laughs> so then cook that one up as well. It's a lesson never to listen to your wife, that is. Yeah, so cook that one up as well. Um, but the one, obviously the one was ready a lot earlier so we ate dinner at that one there was plenty there it was fine we didn't need any more <laughs> and <laughs> about four hours later my second ham was ready <laughs> which we just wrapped in foil and didn't even eat a whole thing and we ended up taking it to my mother-in-law's on boxing day instead so it, it got it still got eaten but it was a, a big oversight by me going i need my eyes were clearly bigger than my belly on that day <laughs> That's, that's rare, but... That's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I did differently with this ham, which I haven't done before, was that um, in the back in the summer, I guess, I can't remember when rhubarb season was, but back in the summer, it feels like we had... Ah, I saw this. Yeah, we had loads of rhubarb in our garden. We we planted like a little tiny bit of it from um, from Louise's grand's garden. We moved it to our garden and we planted it. It's just a tiny bit of it. And it just spread like wildfire like over a year. It's just massive now. So Louise made a rhubarb chutney. And okay. we've got like loads and loads of jars of rhubarb chutney. We've got loads of rhubarb in our freezer. We've got rhubarb coming out of our ears. But we got this chutney and we'd saved it. We hadn't opened it till Christmas. So we opened it up and had it with some cheese and biscuits. And it was really, really nice. good. And I was just like, oh, this is lush. And I was like, it's quite a like vinegary, vinegary sort of taste to it and really sweet like, sort of tanginess as well. And it's just like really good. So I was like, I think this will work really well on the pork. So, 
as the pork was cooking, I kept glazing it with this rhubarb chutney as it was going, and it just tasted amazing. It was perfect. Then is yesterday I was looking through a new book that I got for Christmas. I got this um, food from the fire from Nick Sexton. Yeah, and it's a re- really lovely book. I, I've seen it a while ago and really wanted it, and Louise got me it for Christmas, but. I was flicking through the back, like going, oh, I want to look for some pork recipes because I had pork yesterday that I wanted to cook. And in there he had a pork ribs with rhubarb glaze in the book. So I thought I'd invented some crazy flavor combination, but it's in the book already. But I did get the book 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 afterwards, but the book was printed way before. I think it's a couple of years old. (laughs) (laughs) So basically you saw someone else doing it on social media and copied them. That's fair enough. No worries. Uh, I think that happens though, doesn't it? Do you do you not think that sometimes you think you've created something really new and then you're like, uh, I need to check whether this has already been done, search for everywhere, and nine times out of ten it's been done before. It's very rare, isn't it, that you find something that's completely new these days. Yeah, but I also think at the same time, probably a lot of that comes from, though, is is us sort of being so aware and involved in, like, the foodie scene not in the sense that we are anything but in the sense that when we open our facebooks or our instagrams for instance or whatever it may be it's food that we're seeing and we're flicking through food we're flicking through this we're flicking through that and i think that almost subliminally you, you probably may have saw it somewhere and i think that maybe like i do this sometimes when i'm like oh, i've got this amazing idea or i've got this amazing dish i'm going to do and then like i put it together actually i've been influenced somewhere from something i've seen maybe that I haven't really been taken note of. Maybe I've not even like taken it fully in, but and and I think that there's so many sort of inspirations everywhere that subliminally you're picking things up uh, from all over the place. And I think maybe like that that's maybe what we're doing. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like I can't I can't go on Instagram without seeing just food. I don't think I see anything but food now. And yeah, mainly barbecue, but also just follow lots of other general food blogs as well. But you're just that's it that's all it's for now and when i go yeah. on facebook i don't see like i don't really see any like here's any. my friends and family posting what they've done this christmas i just mm. see pictures of what everyone's cooked today <laughs> yeah which, which i like but it's uh it's definitely a weird one because there's so much content as well as you're getting pushed into facebook and instagram and stuff but it obviously knows what you would like to see and just shows you the stuff you like to see doesn't it yeah definitely it definitely does I just got this um, Nick Glass's book right next to me because I keep I've kept it by my bedside table. It's my new bedside barbecue book. I did that a little while ago. Did a post of what's your bedside barbecue book. So my current one, which is nice to wake up in the morning and have a look at food, make yourself really hungry for the day, <laughs> especially at the moment where I'm trying to be healthy eating and on a diet and all the rest of the jazz for the new year. Oh, we'll come back to that we'll in a come moment. Back let's to talk about that. good I'm stuff. Happy about that. Let's talk about this and the good stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's go have a look through this book instead. But yeah, I was just I flicked through to find what these rhubarb glazed pork ribs were. So they are just a kind of um he's just got some meaty spare ribs. And then he's done rhubarb, apple juice, water, honey, Dijon mustard and white wine vinegar. And I think probably not miles short of what's in the probably chutney as well, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's going to be similar sort of flavours to that, I think. But so basically, from, you're, what you're saying is, is that Louise is a Michelin star chef, basically. Yeah, I think Nick Class is, isn't he? I think that yeah, he's I only got so, one yes. of the only like Michelin star restaurants that 
And it really like cooks fire. with live fire, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Looks amazing. Have a look on his website. I can't remember what his website is called now. What's what's his restaurant called? Isn't it just like he was his, recently? His surname, he was on. Second, I think is the restaurant's just called his surname. I think, isn't it? But that Xdet. But his restaurant, if you look on his website for it, it looks awesome. It's just like flames everywhere, and it's like really visual website. I need to get him on the show, actually. I've messaged him, I think. But I need to check whether he's replied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched the program, and he was uh, the featured sort of person on the television program. I can't remember what it was now, but it was uh, it was actually a really good... It was a really, really interesting sort of episode. I found him a really interesting person. Uh, he did a TED Talk as well, like a few years ago and stuff. So, so yeah, he's definitely been someone on, on my radar for a while. Mm. Uh, yeah, I probably... Wouldn't mention my names. I think I had him lined up at one point previously, but yeah. as usual, mess up. So uh, <laughs> probably don't probably don't mention my name. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the whole like Scandinavian cooking scenes keeps being highlighted to me quite a lot recently. Um, when we had we've had a few guests on the show that we've talked to them about, and we've also had when I was cooking at Meatopia with um, the chap from Finland. It's kind of very similar all those sort of areas isn't it to talk and mm-hmm. cook in that way and it is a really it's i think i don't know about you it's one of those things maybe we were saying about what should we talk about for like trends of this year but for, for me like one of the trends has been like real back to basics with cooking and and i feel like that's what this book is when you're opening this book up there isn't a lot of um like snazzy barbecues and thermometers and all of that sort of thing it's all very much like open fires and rocks and dirty cooking and all that sort of thing and i think that that with the whole asado thing being so big this year i think that kind of whole scene is still on the on the grow isn't it yeah well i think it like i mean what niklas is is, is new nordic cuisine cooked in a very traditional way of a fire, which is really interesting. I mean, New Nordic Cuisine is, is really all about promoting the sort of local, natural, seasonal products uh, in dishes and, and making maybe, highlighting probably maybe potentially, uh, let's just say, produce that you wouldn't usually expect to be star of the show, to be the star of the show. So I think that New Nordic Cuisine is, is very, very interesting. Uh, and, and I think that's what, Niklas is doing and I think that is yeah back to basics very much so yeah definitely I mean obviously in the Michelin style restaurants he's he's doing it in, in, a, in a much next level more next level way but it still is very much back to basics and and letting the the uh, ingredients sort of stand out so uh so like they emphasize it sort of the like purity simplicity and sort of freshness of of the seasonal foods in their dishes which is something that really sort of stands out to me yeah definitely yeah yeah i love the love all the the photos in this book are really really lush like it's a really nice you know like some cookbooks they're like a joy just to look through them and yeah before you even start reading the recipes you like enjoy all the photos as well it's really one of those books where there's been a lot of good attention to detail and there's lots of like out in the middle of the woods and heated up rocks with stuff on it and there's a lot of dirty cooking i don't think i'm not sure it refers to it as dirty cooking but 
you can just see where it's just like yeah just stick this fish in the coal and um it's quite a, a few scenes that i've seen where they're like cooking food like on like a bed of maybe like loads of rosemary or loads of bay leaves or something like that mm-hmm. Do you know what i mean so it's like you've piled up a load of leaves and then stuck the food on top of that and I've, that's something i'd like to have a go at. i've I often just chuck a few in the fire and think that that helps with my flavours and I've wrapped loads of leaves around stuff before but I've never like really made like a bed of it and stuck it all on the fire and put the food on top of that which is something I'm going to give a go quite soon I think. Cool, interesting, look forward to seeing that. Yeah. I mean also like, something that was touched on was is this sort of, uh, sort of Japanese style barbecue uh, that people are looking at and, and it's something mm-hmm. obviously this massive over here and uh when you've got like for me the sort of korean style barbecue is very similar to the japanese sort of style barbecuing and stuff like that and i saw mark has got a lovely bit of beef and shaved off some thin slices to to put on his yakitori uh but yeah i mean huge huge trends for this year again another another uh country japan who really really prides himself on their ingredients everything is the ingredient almost down to the fact that literally when you respect the beef how they respect the beef you literally have a thin slice of beef and you you literally just grill it grill it very 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 lightly one side or the other and then enjoy the enjoy the meat in the palate not not over sauce not over spice maybe a pinch of salt very very simple and it's all about the ingredients sort of standing out so it's another really interesting one they take such pride in their cooking the japanese i mean it's it's really interesting that I think for me, I find this very interesting that uh, in the UK, maybe a, sh- a job as a chef is maybe sort of poo-pooed by the younger generation. Uh, and I think that's changing. I think that really is changing, which is great to see. I think that uh, my cousin is actually training to be a chef in Japan. And it's actually a real, a really, really, really well-respected job as such a doctor or uh, a lawyer, a chef, is a very, very well-respected job in Japan, and they take it very, very seriously. So, I mean, I've mentioned it before, but I mean, for instance, I believe like for a sushi chef, it's like a 10-year apprenticeship to become a, a sushi chef, and then you've got like uh, advances on that to become, I don't know, maybe a sashimi chef. You've got uh, even just to produce certain dishes. I remember I was looking at something that's 15 years on top of that for someone to actually become a master of the uh, puffer fish because it's so poisonous. So yeah, yeah. someone spends 15 years of their life dedicated to preparing this one dish and food's such a serious, serious thing over there. And it's, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a really, really, really good way, a uh, good example to set for the world. And I think that that maybe ties in a little bit the new Nordic uh, sort of cuisine and the way that they're doing things. And I think it's a really good message behind their food, which is again, like food is all about the stories, all about, that sort of thing. And I think that they're, they're very good message to be spreading. And I think that it's a very interesting way for us to go. And I think that it will produce some very good food. Like you said, back to basics, but at the same time, pushing the boundaries and, 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 and making ingredients really stand out. Yeah, definitely. So what, what about your Christmas experience this year? I've seen some amazing photos of what you've been doing over the last few weeks. What, what did you do for your Christmas meal this year? Yeah, we've sort of been all over, to be honest. We've uh, we started off in KL. We then went to Copenhagen. We went back to we went to Koh Samui, and then went back to KL again. And it's sort of been like a, a real sort of foodie adventure for me, but also a great time to spend some time with the family. All the family came over from the UK, so it's really, really great to 
I don't know, just spend some quality time with them all, catch up and sort of eat and drink our way around sort of uh, Thailand and KL. And it's, it's really been great. So, I mean, luckily for me, I grew up in a family that enjoys food. Maybe not all of them as adventurous as myself, but they could be persuaded to come along for the ride. So we, we had many, many sort of roadside meals and exploring the food markets. And I'm, I'm really seriously gutted. One day we turned up, uh, we, were, we were in the, in a smaller food market and I was sort of eating my way around the market. And I'm not that gutted because I still had, I think in that session I had an amazing pad thai. I then had some uh, spring rolls made for me and that was some fried spring rolls and I had some fresh spring rolls made for me I then also had a, uh, a raw crab salad I had a mantis shrimp salad uh, what else did we have we tried we tried some other bits as well and this was this was in one little sitting so I, I wasn't that gutted but I was told that there was a food market along the way with over 400 stalls it was a one-off uh, because of the time of year and it's a really good place to go check out the food so off we tried before, this was when we first arrived at this market, so I thought, okay, well, let's go check that out, and then we'll come back here afterwards and maybe see if we want anything else. So off we trotted, and we were just too early. Everyone was there, they were building their fires, they were lighting their charcoal, and the produce looked amazing. Some of the fish, some of the fish, oh my God, coming out, the shellfish in particular, coming out of the waters around, it just... Like something you've never seen before, the size of these mantis shrimp they're putting out. They're like the size of lobsters, and they're so, so beautiful. Like I mean, this this trip really opened my eyes to, to that one species of shellfish, which I hadn't, I don't think I'd encountered previously, but seems to be everywhere. Uh, and I actually posted something on one of the social medias, and someone was saying about how beautiful they are. They were on David Attenborough's uh, Planet Earth, the, the new series recently, which didn't go down too well, but... Uh, as long as they're sustainably fished and they're enjoyed and eaten, then I don't see an issue with it. So anyway, yeah, they're absolutely beautiful. But I turned up this food market, long story short, walked around, there's amazing things going on and I was just too early. So I was sort of asking around when it was sort of kick off and it was like another hour or so and stuff like that. So in the end, we, we sort of missed out, but it looked like that was going to be a real, real sort of uh, enjoyable time. So, so yeah, we just sort of street fooded it around and there's, they just do everything over fire and over charcoal on the street. So it's it's just a, a joy for someone like me. And and actually on that one, before we moved away, before we left that market, the one thing we got to try were was coconut pancakes. They were coconut pancakes and they were cooked over on a uh, like a plancha, like a hot plate over fire. And they're absolutely delicious. They're really, really nice. And that was the only one thing we got to enjoy out of all of that produce that was around. So... As you imagine, I was a little bit gutted, but then we went back and absolutely came to the, uh, the other one. So it's, it's all good. But yeah, I mean, it's, I saw you. It's, didn't you? Weren't you grilling some like prawns on the beach or something like that? Yeah. So that was actually like the thing. The first day we arrived in Copenhagen. So basically, like right next to where we were, we were sat on the beach. We were all sort of chilling, and uh, the the guys that that were next to us were the guys that sort of were renting out jet skis on the beach. So just a few local guys that uh, obviously like I don't know hired or purchased some jet skis and they're bringing them to the beach every day, and that was that. So I was sort of sat there and there were some fishing boats that were sort of sat, I'd say about half a mile out to sea, uh, quite large fishing boats that were just sat there fishing the waters. So one of these guys hops on his jet ski, goes out, and I just watched. I actually watch him go out really far out, 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 out. and then he comes back uh, about 
20 minutes later with a bucket full of mantis shrimp. And uh, then basically it was just a, like, I was, I was really interested. I saw these shrimp coming in and he'd just basically gotten fresh from the boat. So he literally drove out to the boat on the jet ski and uh, grabbed some shrimp from the guys on the boat and brought it back into the beach. Don't get much fresher, does it? <laughs> no, no, exactly. And, and I, I just couldn't miss the opportunity. We were sat right there and I was, so I was straight up, you know, have, checking it out, seeing what he's brought back, really interested. And they were like, okay, well, let's, let's cook them now then. So I was like, okay, oh, no, no, you take them home for your dinner. And they're like, no, 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 let's, let's, let's cook them. So I was like, sweet. So then, I mean, the fire, let's, let's go to the fire. Like looking around the beach, there's a few coconut husks. There's a bit of uh, shitty driftwood and this and that. So we built the fire that we could build with what we had available to us. And it uh, wasn't the most amazing fire, but yeah, just the the mantis shrimp straight in there, dirty on the on the wood. And it was... They were just absolutely, we had nothing else with us, no salt, no pepper, no lime juice, no nothing. Bit just sand. <laughs> they, were, they were actually remarkably sand-free from what I remember, but I don't know how because it was built directly on the beach. But, uh, I mean, honestly, these things were absolutely delicious. And uh, that was what really opened my eyes to these mantis shrimps. Then it was like the, the task for the rest of my holiday to basically eat as many of them as I possibly could. So, uh, so yeah, everywhere we went, had them. I made sure to sample the the mantis shrimp. So, as I said, I had a, a mantis shrimp salad, which was absolutely delicious. And uh, I mean, the Thai like stuff spicy. So, and they're always trying to give tourists not spicy because obviously, so many times over the years, people serve people stuff and they moan that it's too spicy, too yeah. hot. So. I always go, please, please, please make it spicy, <laughs> how you'd have it, how you'd have it. And that was the one thing on this whole trip, this uh, the, the raw blue crab salad and the uh, mantis shrimp salad was the two hottest dishes. So I'm the same lady, and they're both so hot, it was unbelievable. But it was, they were absolutely delicious. And uh, the blue crab one really threw me off because it was uh, she was like, I'll try this, try this. So me being me, yeah, I'll have one of each then. And she just started uh, chopping up this crab with scissors hmm. and uh, opens it up, cuts it up, uh, cuts off like the uh, the gills and the inside and all the bad bits and kept all the good bits and just chucked it in the shell raw into this salad, started mixing it all together. And I'm thinking, well, she's put all like the dressings on and the fresh stuff in and how's she going to cook it now? It's going to be really weird. <laughs> Yeah. And then she just put it in a bag and handed it over to me. And I was like, <laughs> she was like, yeah, you eat raw. And I was like, okay. So oh, it was one of those moments like, <laughs> do you, do you trust them? Are they stitching you up? But yeah, yeah no, no. Right. As right as it was, I just tried it. And it was, it was absolutely delicious. It was really, really nice, beautifully fresh, uh, really, really tasty and, and just really interesting textures and flavors to be honest. So, so yeah, so it's been a, it's been a bit of a, a, a great foodie adventure for me. And one of the most recent things I posted in the country with uh, smoke forum on, on a, was it New Year's Eve or day before New Year's Eve, I was wandering through, there's a walking street in, in KL, which is just foods, food store after food store, all street food, all the way down. And uh, this guy had this, mo- the most incredible chicken wing cooker I've ever seen in my life. So it was like a, it was a big old bit of machinery, but basically on top sat all these skewers with like chicken wings skewered on them, chicken wings skewered on them. And then Basically, he was working his own conveyor belt down into where the charcoal was, and then he was spinning it around over the heat. So basically, he was using, he created his own rotisseries on this 
on this barbecue and uh, moved them along from one end to the other. And by the time that he'd obviously worked out in his head the timing, so by the time he got down to the other end, they were cooked. And they were getting a really nice smoke from the charcoal, from the lump of charcoal. And it was, it was just, deli- it was so cool to watch. And I just watched it and it was amazing. It was one of those things, there was moments where it's really cool to watch yeah. the street food as well. Sometimes, uh, obviously, like, that's part of the experience of watching it being made. And that was a really cool, I really, really enjoyed that being done. And, and then trying the food at the end was, was fantastic. It was there, uh, there were beautifully cooked chicken wings. So crisp and crunchy on the outside. At the same time, they're taking on a really, really nice smoky flavour uh, from the charcoal. And it was interesting because the uh, the ones that were raw on the skewers were sat above the smoker, so basically, or above the above the grill. So all of the sort of fat and stuff dripping out of the wings onto the hot charcoal that creates that lovely sort of smoke, that really nice sort of uh, smoke flavour that we get on our food sometimes. That like the uh, and that was sort of hitting the the wings on the top as well, I think. So they were getting like a, even though it was open air, they were still getting a sort of a lick of smoke whilst they were like sort of resting above the grill before they were cooked. So yeah. it, it was really, it was a really, really cool cooker. I really, really liked that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it does sound awesome. You've seen a few like cool visual things like that. I loved when you, I think, I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast or not, but when you very, almost probably like within the first week or so of being in KL, you showed, you posted like a video of, some guys serving you up like ice cream or something and it kept like they were almost like a magic show as they were serving it was it ice cream? yeah it was ice cream and they, and they do and like basically it's there like they just want to make you look stupid basically for 10 minutes whilst they're making your ice cream so <laughs> it looks so cool <laughs> it, oh, it was good fun i mean i actually saw them doing it to, to someone else and i was laughing with sarah saying oh, i've got to go it's so funny it was really really cool and no, i mean Food is a story, and if it and it's food is very visual, and if there can be an experience that goes along with it, I mean that is all part of it. I feel so. A lot of food over here is an experience, and it is slightly entertaining to watch if you're into that sort of thing. So I mean that, that sort of that ice cream version of it was. I mean that is like a different thing because anyone can laugh at that. But if you're into food, I mean like on that same night literally right next door to this chicken wing guy. I, I love, I love, I love, I love satay. You probably tell what my latte, my latest uh, part in the, in the UK barbecue mag. Uh, there was a lady just cooking the most amazing satay right next to him and just the grills. And she's obviously marinated all of this chicken at home, and skewered it. And she stood there with her bamboo fan, fanning the flames. I mean, fanning the charcoal, getting it really hot. And she's there and, it's just all, it's, that's what it's all about, food for me. I mean, it's just really, really cool to see. There are people smoking, uh, there's people smoking lamb. Uh, there was all sorts going on. And it's all over fire, all the way down the street. Admittedly, some of it may be gas fires, but there was so much charcoal going on. And it, it was just great to see. A really, really great a treat, actually. A real, real treat for me. Yeah, sounds awesome. I'd love to see it. Maybe I can one day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, what were we saying? Fe- February or May or something? I don't yeah. know. We'll see. We'll sort, we'll sort out. Maybe May, I think. Mm, no, I'll, I'll be checking out all the cool places. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. I've just, I'm just flicking through pictures. I've just seen what it, I, I, missed, I missed out from that uh, market that I was saying I basically ate so much food from. So the last thing that I saw was these ribs. And they were, they were baked ribs. And they were like in a... 
it basically what it looked like was a tandoor with charcoal in the bottom. Uh, so it's actually what it's just a traditional Thai clay oven. So it is like very much like a tandoor, fire in the bottom, uh, uh, like sort of big pot, sort of tandoor shaped thing. And they hang the ribs over the edge. I did an Instagram post on it, so you can check that out and have a look. And they were hanging ribs in there, glazing them, and they were they were absolutely beautiful. So no smoky flavour, but cooked over charcoal and just absolutely beautifully tender. Really, really nice spark on them, and yeah, just just delicious ribs to be honest. So, mm. so yeah, that was the last thing that I got to eat there. But yeah, it's just been one foodie thing after the other to be honest. It's been a real great treat for me. As I said, I put on about six stone, but who cares? <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. Worth every minute of it. So you're gonna be healthy eating from now or is you're not going to do that this year because we, we've always had our new year together we'd always come back after christmas and we'd have biscuits and stuff left over in the office and to show how committed we are we would chuck them in the bin and we're we're on healthy eating now yeah that, i mean to, to be <laughs> to be completely honest i'm sat here looking down at my stomach and thinking oh i definitely <laughs> need to do something uh so yeah, there will be something going on. My family is still here at the moment, and uh, they're here for another yet. few days. So I'm not starting yet, but as soon as they leave, like literally the day they go, I will be on some sort of regime of some sort. Uh, yeah. I just think, that, I mean, again, we were exercising quite a lot before before the holidays, which got out the window, and we'll be back to exercising again back in the gym. But for me, I think my biggest vice is is carbs i think i really overindulge on carbs at time and i think that's something for me that i need to just cut out again so i I, and i love meat too much to cut it so i think that i'll be and that's something that like sits well with barbecues grilling grilling meat is just something that obviously we all love doing so i probably will just strip back the carbs uh clean up the meat a bit so no heavy dustings of sugar and no mm. big sourcing on the end or at least just readdress the sources just to cut out the unhealthy bits. So not making heavily sugar-based sources and stuff like that, but just, and then just readdressing it from there. So looking at the, making things more simpler, uh, like, I mean, again, going back to like this sort of Nordic Japanese sort of style, letting the ingredients sort of do the talking and then just veg as well. Lots of grilled veg, a lot of grilling. I think grilling is, I mean, for dieting, grilling is fantastic. You get a lot of lean meat, you can grill it up really nicely and uh, beautiful flavor and also healthy. So I think that's probably where I will go, to be Sounds honest. Good. How about yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, same same sort of scenario, I guess. I think. Like looking Not going at- veggie? meat free i'm not i'm not but i am gonna like indulge in more veg than usual so i am gonna be yeah i'm gonna be not not gonna be going veggie for january i don't think there's any need for that but i will be he- having a much more heavily readdressing ve- based veg based diet i think and yeah i haven't decided yet but i was considering i don't know i don't want to do anything too strict to be honest with like i was initially going ah. Oh, I'll only meet at the weekends or something like that. But I think I just want to just, just like you said, readjust and reevaluate. And I'm going to post some stuff about healthy eating for January. But I think we're running out of time on today's podcast to talk about too much to do with the healthy eating regime for January. Before you go, have you got any yeah. veg boxes or anything on order from uh, Veg in a Box or anything? Yeah, hope, anything hoping, to to get, to? hoping to get Julie on the podcast soon as well to talk about it because 
She's, okay. doing, she's doing so awesome with Veg in a Box. So it would be cool to get her on and talk about how she started the business and how it's grown so quickly, so so quickly, so quickly, so big, so quickly. <laughs> um, awesome. Good to so chat yeah, to so Judy. we'll chat to her. Perhaps we'll chat more about healthy eating stuff with her as well. I thought we, uh, the last thing I thought we could mention because I saw I just like you said you you posted your uh, satay stuff in the barbecue mag this week and I was yes. just I was just flicking past it and a couple of pages after that I had UK barbecue diary for 2018 I thought that is quite a cool thing to just run down now at the beginning of the year so everyone can like put the dates in their diary so either go and check out the UK barbecue mag and have a look on the uh, barbecue diary or here's some of the and things. And what is that? that? Is that a diary of events in Yeah, it's in just the, like in the UK is. what we've got going on this year. So like the first the first competition of the year in the UK is uh this the new one that's in Scotland, the Brave Fires of Scotland. And that's gonna be right at the beginning of May, so that's the fifth and sixth of May. And that's a KCBS event, so we've we're gonna cool. have we're gonna have a lot more like last year we did our KCBS and Brew and Q did one, but that was kind of it for the UK. But now we've got Scotland doing one. Then at the end of May, Brew and Q is going to be on, so there'll be two, and there are two other ones as well. But I'll get to them further down because the, the the event that comes well doesn't come after it. It's on the same weekend, is it? Cause, so this is a bit of a dilemma for me at the moment. Is Brew and Q and John Gower's Game of Tongs is on the same weekend. So, oh, really? Yeah, so we're going to have to... They're, they're not... Obviously, John's is a completely different competition. It's Have you seen any of the details about it? I was just reading about it the other day. It looks a really cool concept of like... Having, no, I've not really had a massive look at it yet. Yeah, so he's doing like quickly eight, run through. I think he's doing eight... Uh, you, I might get this all wrong, but I'll do a rough... My interpretation of it quickly without reading anything was... I think there's about eight rounds over two days and the rounds may be stuff like pork chicken beef whatever but it will there'll be that broad that it could be any sort of pork but also the rounds aren't it's not like the first round is pork there are eight rounds and they are pork chicken blah 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 but you choose what order you want to do them in so you might be putting your chicken thighs up against someone else's pork ribs so it's going to be that sort of competition where you you choose your game carefully of what are you going to put in, which are your stronger categories, which are your weaker categories, and over the, I think each round someone gets knocked out of the competition. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. So Love to see how that sort of unravels throughout the weekend. That would be really cool. Yeah, and there's people, like even Marcus is competing. So we haven't seen Marcus compete for a while, but Marcus is entering Game of Tongues, so he'll be there. Um, cool. uh, Simon Dyer and a few other people are all competing as well um, but yeah I didn't realise the other day I said to John I was like oh yeah Game of Tongs I think I might enter it but then I've seen Brewing Cues the same weekend and I, I'm torn now which am I going to do am I going to do one day of each so it's a bit of a tricky one now <laughs> yeah that'd be cool to do one day of each yeah. spend one day both that'd be really cool yeah um, then we've obviously got QFest coming up on the 16th and 17th of June, which is coming along nicely. I've got some, or maybe for the next podcast episode, actually do some announcements for QFest. So that'd be cool. So we've got lots of, we've got new sponsors involved in it this year and we've got 
loads of teams signed up so we can start to release more information about it all. So that will be coming up. Very exciting soon. stuff, people. Very exciting stuff. Yeah. Then a month later, we've got Pengrilly again down in Cornwall. Which yeah, I saw that. That's it. announced and that's out. So, yeah. And uh, the guys are heading back there from Riviera Barbecue to defend their throne. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, a, there's an event in Northampton called National Smokers and Barbecue Weekend. And then in August, they've got the Big Grill over in Dublin. Which you went to? Cool. I haven't always been there very yet. Cool. I really want to get to that one. There's no date. It's I'd... always good fun. There isn't a date on this list for um, grill stock, but I think there has been one, but I can't remember what the date is for it now. But I there's... saw something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's on my head. Yeah. Also, uh, John Renahan mentioned that he was doing something at some point, but I've not really seen anything much of that develop. So I might mm. give him a message and see what's yeah. happening with that. Yeah, do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Another one on Ireland. Um, then we're in August, the uh, 18th, 19th of August, there's the Malden Smoke and Fire Festival in Essex. Cool. Uh, then after that is the Big Meet on the 25th to the 28th of August. The Big Meet's be its like third year, fourth year in a row now, so it's cool. getting nice and established now. Uh, then we've got Meetopia at the end of August and the beginning of September. And then the last KCBS of the year in the UK, the smoke on the waters at Quiet Waters Farm again. That's the 8th and 9th of September. So it's really grown. I think if we'd have gone like a few years ago on the podcast and kind of gone through the events, we usually had about three or four, didn't we? So you can see yeah. how these events are growing. And I don't think that's a definitive list of everything because there's definitely still more than that as well. But it's cool to see that. Like, KCBS growing massively in the UK now, so that's that's four individual events. I think there is one in Ireland as well, maybe that's not on here. So there cool. should, should be five then within within a stone's throw away. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's awesome to see, and it's the only way we're gonna sort of catch up with a lot of Europe and uh, other places around the world. We need more competitions, so that's really really cool to see. It's cool to see people messing around with the formats and trying new things that's also super cool to see when you said about barbecue diary i i immediately sprung to mind was like uh nathan from kung fu barbecue and then barbecue bill as well the yeah, way they've yeah. done like they're like uh, 150 cooks for the for the year 2017 like nathan's really gone through all his cooks on kung fu barbecue on on, on twitter where he's uh gone like cook cook 134 of 17 and uh I, and just going through everything they've cooked, I, I've, I've really enjoyed that as the yeah. years gone on. It's been really cool to see, and uh, Bill's done something similar as well, which is which has been really interesting to watch. They've gone along. It's just awesome. Uh, it's, it's a lot of pressure to put on something like cooking, I guess, or something you enjoy. But at the same time, like it's great to see the sort of that level of commitment to getting outdoors and cooking. And I imagine the weather they've been cooking out in uh, throughout the year and stuff, and just the amount of different techniques and stuff they've learned over that time so yeah it's it's, it's that's been super cool to watch and, and that was immediately what i thought you were talking about i thought that like marcus was running like a barbecue diary sort of thing but no. that's cool yeah that is cool we should get we should get them on i'm making up remember at the beginning of this podcast like right right way back years ago we were like we could play a game on the podcast well, i was suddenly just thinking then out of those two guys of all of their things we could make like 
you could make like a top trumps kind of barbecue game, couldn't you? Out of their cooks <laughs> of like they could put put up their cooks against us, and we'll compete and see which which one we'll choose for that day and have a top trumps barbecue game. <laughs> we could do something like that. That sounds good to me. We're not going to do the um the one that I tried before barbecue tennis because I failed. Yeah, I just beat you so yeah, bad every time. Like I didn't even get like one so. I was like Roger Federer and you were just like Ben Forte yeah. on a tennis court. So yeah. I absolutely destroyed you. I reckon I might be better at tennis than that. <laughs> That's bad. I doubt it. <laughs> cool. Right, well, I think we right. should give it a, call it a day there. Give cool. it a day there, I said. Call it a day there. Right. Anyway, Happy New Year, peeps. Happy New Year, peeps. Um, speak to you soon, mate. Speak to you soon. I'm the best Bye. Cook. Bye. I'm the best cook. Bye. I'm the best cook. You're listening to your United Q podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, you can find them at smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack.com.